This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 191 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Hands On Gloves, the all-in-one shedding, bathing, and grooming gloves. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have fun with the event director from Equitana, and we have a shamrock. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Glenn, with me today. I fooled him. Usually yeah. I say Jen. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've hung out over here with you. I know. You've got to come over to the fun side. What have you been doing? Working? <laughs> I've been working. Although we have Jennifer on accounting detail for this this week, and you don't want her on the show when she has to do it. You're right. <laughs> no. She's, she like gets pretty happy. grumpy, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave her to do that today. We'll have you with some laughs today. Yeah, we have some fun here today. We've got so much going on on the farm that um, what I did was I snuck away a couple weeks ago to go up to San Francisco and visit a really interesting, um, kind of innovative barn and it's an equestrian center and they have borders and and it's called Blue Dot. And so we're gonna we're gonna hear from Shamrock from Blue Dot. That sounds like a made up thing. You Is know, that her like, name? Narnia. Yeah, Shamrock is her name. Oh, that's a great and name. Blue Dot is the barn. <laughs> so, I love that name. All very interesting, and you'll have to stay tuned to hear what all that. Please is tell about. me she's Irish, please. I don't think so. Oh. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't ask her that. She is adorable, though. So if Irish are adorable, yeah, she is it. Um, it was really, it was really fun. But there, there was so much going on at the farm. It's hard to peel away because we have our classes full, guys. This is so exciting. And here's the funny part. I know a lot of people love to hear the accents when they come here. You know, you remember it was mm-hmm. like everybody had some sort of. It's like the UN. It, we are yeah. We're like the UN. UN but, for but nice. horse people. <laughs> yeah, but nicer and more fun. Yeah. But uh, but we um, we don't have that right now. Our instructor, our resident instructor, is from South Africa, so yes, he sounds formally um, foreign. But uh, we have so many from all across the U.S. right now, and it's it's fun. I mean, we have actually some citizens of Brazil, but they're living in the U.S., so they were able to come. And um, we have a whole slew of people going through the advanced courses and wanting to be certified. And why is that good news? Because people are always asking, do you have any instructors in the United States? And we do. We have a grand one in Jamie Jennings, who you happen to know, right? Yep, happen to know Jamie. (laughs) Your co-host of Horses in the Morning, um, who's a wonderful, wonderful representative of Monty Roberts and those. And you know what? She got on the phone with us yesterday she sends us little clips of horses that she has unusual issues with and and dad you know i hand my phone to dad and he watches a video and then he gets her on the phone like he did yesterday or sometimes we just tap a a quick you know text back to her or something Um, but i love that she plugs in and keeps learning she's such a great student and we might have some more little Jamie's propping up in different parts of the country, which will be really fun. But I want everybody to know where our classes are going strong and people are having so much fun coming out here. We, you know, we're, we have plenty of room as Glenn knows and um, we can stay six feet apart and we're very healthy out here and everything's um, rocking. And you're in the part our- of California. It's not on fire, correct? It is n- not even close. Okay. Not good. Even- good. <laughs> we're like a green belt, I think, or something here. Yeah. No fires. Well, no floods, so, Let's do it this way. If somebody wanted to become a Jamie who's a certified Money Roberts instructor, what's the first class they have to do? 
the, if you are on the certifi- certification track, you take the introductory course. Now you can take that in two weeks or you can take it in the modulars three days at a time. So jump in there. And it's the same course. It's just broken up so that people, you know, can do it on a long weekend or something several times if you can't get off work. But hey, everybody, you know, is remote these days anyway. So just come here and set up your Zoom call to work and then take the courses. But yeah, I mean, people are doing that. It's really fun. You know, you could be anywhere if you're if the company you work for allows for remote. Now, if you're running an equestrian center, don't listen to me. You can't do that. You got to stay there and feed the horses. <laughs> But, but the rest of the people who, you know, have some flexibility can do that. So, yeah, take the introductory course. Now, right now, actually, this five days this week, we have the intro exams going on. So everybody's all jittery. We've got those people who took their introductory course. Then they went home and they sent in videos of playing with their ponies and, you know, doing those things that they learned in the intro course. And then they got accepted back into the intro exams. And that was fine. And they're now taking their tests. Do you know what a pain in the neck it was for me when Jamie had to go through those those exams? She would be a mess. She was like, I can't learn this. The book is 100 pages thick. I can't do this. Yeah, because you hadn't been in school for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't do it. So I can't tell you how good the certified instructors, though, know so much. Now, look at Jamie. She's probably like, glad I did that because now I know all those things. And look at all the horses she's helped in the last two years. And, and Let's help find really that. good homes, you know? Remember, she won ASPCA's Trainer of the Year. That's the right horse initiative for uh, over 100 horses that were adopted out due to her. Period. Amen. I mean, she yep. got them from Horse and Hound, which is a wonderful thing that they rescued them. But she took, they're not rescue horses. They don't have flies in the eyes and they're not, you know, broken down. They're fabulous horses that were just retired from the track sound and they're ready for their next vocation. Good for her to put some money polish on them and her loving touch and understanding them. And in a matter of a short time, I mean, how do you do a hundred horses plus in a year? You have to be very efficient at it. And she is, she's really great. And she's really sizes up these horses, but that's the stuff you learn. That's what every advanced course instructor goes through. I mean, when they, when they take the course before they become instructors, they have a project horse and it's essentially what you do. You size up this horse and, but it's completely wild. It's not one that's off the track. It's one that's never been touched. And that's what the advanced course is all about. And that actually is the bait we have (laughs) because people love that. They love being able to play with a horse that's never been touched before. You get pure equus, Glenn, pure equus. And what does that look like? They've never been abused. They've never been, you know, they didn't go through all the baggage. So they don't, they don't run into that. They have pure equus and that's important. I've said this, you know, on the show before, so I'm being redundant, but it's so important that a person learn what a pure equus looks like so they can go out and figure out all those horses that are maybe not pure equus, but they can also fix those issues that the horse has with a person. Somebody did that to them probably, or some incident happened, you know, where they're, they're afraid or they're, you know, there's, there's a lot of fear in there and you can overcome that because you've read these horses so well. And that's the part that gets the Europeans coming on over because they never get to see untouched horses. You know, everything is grown up in a domestic setting, so you don't get a pure equus. And that's for a lot of people in the U.S. It's the same way, too. They they haven't had the chance to work with a BLM Mustang or, um, you know, a feral horse that was brought in from the hills of New Mexico or whatever. That's what we get for the advanced course. It's really fun. 
Very good. Yeah. Uh, so, so I wanted to, before we get to our first, well, let me do this. Before we get to our first guest, how do people, if they want to take that, that beginner class, if they want to get started, what do they do? Thank you. I am going to give the dates later in the show, but they should go to MontyRoberts.com and click on courses. They can look at Monty courses or these courses that we're talking about in the certification course, or they can go to Horsemanship 101. I mean, that's a one-day course. So if they go to MontyRoberts.com, click on the tab that says courses, and they'll find all those offerings from a one-day fun, you know, girls weekend, mother-daughter kind of uh introduction to the concepts, you know, and it's not concepts you learn in Pony Club. It's actually, they're different. So it is a lot of fun. And if you feel like you're going to go on for certification, you can see all the other courses that we have the two, the 2022 courses up there now too. We just put those up for 2022. So real excited Great. about having a full course. Can't yeah. Believe, can't believe we're talking about that already, but uh, I know I can't even say it. Yet. <laughs> so I yeah. did notice that your title sponsor, before we get to Megan from Equitana, uh, that your title sponsor is hands on gloves. And I got to tell you, I, I was excited to see that because that's what I use on scooter. Uh, so I have this little hackney pony and he's quite a character like all hackney ponies are. Um, but he loves, he gets itchy. And he, this time of year in Florida, he kind of has allergies, just like I do. Uh, and we give him, we have to give him his Benadryl, uh, which has a side effect in that it makes him a little sleepy. So that's good. Um, because, you know, a, a sleepy hackney is about the normal energy level of a thoroughbred anyway, right? So, so that's good. But he loves the hands-on glove when he's itchy. So, and I put one on each hand and go to town on him and he just little lip goes and he just loves that thing. So, and it just gets down deeper than, than, than any other shedding kind of tool um, and any other curry comb. And it just does a better job. Plus the horses love it. It brings out all the flaky skin and all that stuff. I just love the hands-on gloves. And the other thing is everything we, and I don't know what kind of magic they put in them, but everything that we put, leave outside in Florida molds in about a day. Because it's a thousand percent humidity and a hundred degrees, yeah. um, but these don't. I don't know. I don't know what they're made of. But huh. let me tell you, we don't get the mold problem with them, and they don't turn crunchy. A lot of times, right. some of these gloves. I don't know if you've had that where you put them on, That's and, what we get. and yeah. it's like a brick. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we get that, and they crack like you know. Yeah, the old ones. I hated that. You know, I always thought, well, it's such a great idea, but then they would just disintegrate. Like we've got the heat and dry here. So yeah, they would just disintegrate into a million cracks. Like, you know, like old plastic kind of stuff. But no, these, this Jay Michelson, you know, I've interviewed him and he really told the whole arc. And it's not easy. <laughs> but these things, my, I think my favorite thing to do besides watching the lip go and seeing these horses just love their hand. You know, the wither is just a killer. Oh, yeah, that's they love, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they love it. But I love that flick. You know, I get all this shedding. And we're, we seem to shed year round here because it's just always warm. Um, but we get that shedding going and you just flick your wrist. I used to kind of pick away at these different, you know, everything from a curry comb to, you know, anything. You have to feel like you clean it out constantly. I just flick my wrist. And, and, the, yeah, and all the hair yeah, disappears. It comes right off. Yep. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. I don't uh, either. I'll, because I've tried other gloves that the hair just gets stuck and you can't get it out. You need a chisel to get it out. It was just, yeah. <laughs> the other thing too, I, I got to let Jay know that uh, from from Hands On Gloves that you know in in our world tour of the United States that we just got back from, we probably met. We, well, we were at fourteen different barns and we probably met about two hundred listeners. But almost every 
one of those barns had hands on gloves. So words getting out, Jay, and uh, at least with our listeners, they're using them, they're buying them. And where can people get them? Oh, handsongloves.com. There you go. Highly recommend it. You know, Megan is coming up next from Equitana, and it's it's basically the world's largest trade show in Germany that they're bringing to the United States. We've been talking about it in Horses in the Morning for years because last year's got canceled. I don't know why. Um, but <laughs> but this year they're having it, and it's only a couple weeks away, and Megan's coming on. She's the big boss over there, and she's coming on to talk about it and to try and get you guys all excited to go to Kentucky and to attend this thing. And we're talking Christmas shopping galore. Well, welcome. We've got Megan Markowitz from Equitana 2021 on the line, and I'm with my producer, Glenn, too, and we're going to have a fun talk today about Equitana 2021. Hi, Megan. Hi, how are you? Hi, Glenn. Nice to chat with you again. Megan and I have been chatting about Equitana for the last 10 years, it seems like. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're finally there, a couple of weeks away. Yeah, we're we're excited that you're you're actually going to launch a horse event. I'm so excited, and I know it was a year in delay. So you must be like so organized, and everything is. Are you just sitting around twiddling your thumbs at this point? Uh, obviously, we have nothing to do. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, we're so excited. But we started talking about this. I think it was October 2018 when we were at the horse park with the team, the German team, our Equitana team, and the horse park, and a number of other organizations. And we're like, yes, let's do this. And then we said, well, you know what, September 2019, it's too soon. We can't get the people that we want. So 2020, and then we all know what happened. So, yep. yeah, being uh, three weeks out at this point, it is a mad dash, a 24-hour mad dash to get everything wrapped up. But we are pumped, and attendees are pumped, and consumers are pumped, and exhibitors. So we're thrilled. That's so exciting. It really is exciting to have, you know, another horse event back in the Kentucky Horse Park. I mean, Glenn, you and I, we saw each other at WEG. I think one of the first events we went to together, you had a fun booth yeah, there. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. Yeah, well. 2010. Oh, my gosh, 2010. And the Kentucky Horse Park is such a beautiful place. So is it is everybody everybody's peaceful and loving having the atmosphere there at the Kentucky Horse Park? Everybody's willing to come. And you've got, like, how many booths now? Approximately how many booths got going? Yeah, so we have just under 200 booths, but we're still getting brands signing on. So if you check the website, and it's updated in real time. So if someone signs on, they'll be right there. So, Or if there's anyone that you want to see that's at the show that's not, um, you can message us on Instagram or Facebook, and I check a lot of it. My marketing team checks a lot of it. So we can go out to those companies if there's someone in particular. And this is a it's right before Christmas. Episode. And that's, it's a shopping that's time. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's a build your own Equitana. I love this. So, you know, you're going to put pressure on those vendors who may not be there yet just to say, come, we've got people who want to buy boots or they want to buy tack or whatever. That's awesome. I love that. We're we're like pent up demand. I'm, who's tired of shopping on Amazon? We're ready to go touch <laughs> something, <laughs> smell some leather. And get to, now, tell us a little bit about the shows, Megan, too. Pitch us a little bit on coming to Equitana. Oh my gosh, there's so much to do, so much education. So over the course of three days, we have 150 sessions that are education, demonstrations, clinics, seminars. Um, so we have clinics with Laura Graves, Philip Dutton, Ronnie Reimer, um, Karen Rolf, and Sally Batten. We have Nick Roldan coming to represent Polo, which we're thrilled about. Um, one of our main points to having this event is to really show all the disciplines and to present all the things that we can learn from. And when we were connecting with Nick, we're like, he is the top 
representation of polo. Like there's no one better to have. So he's going to be there doing some master classes and things for kids. Uh, we have breed. Oh. A lot of breeds. We have, uh, yeah, we have <laughs> yeah. a ton of breed demonstrations. Oh my gosh. We have a great amount of breeds and on the covered arena indoors, they're going to have their live horses that you can kind of walk up to with your family or your kids and go pet them and learn about them. Um, we have a leadership seminar being hosted by just world for juniors in the industry that want to do philanthropic initiatives. Um, the list just goes on and on. We have just so many people. I mean, I keep telling people, I wish I wasn't working the event because I would be sitting in one of these clinics or I would be applying to ride in one, but now I'm going to have to kind of probably sneak away and check out some of these sessions and demonstrations. I know you're a horse girl. I know. Tell me about this. Take a lesson with Philip Dutton or Laura Graves and more. That sounds really fun. Yeah. We are so lucky to be working with them. So being um, a year of the Olympics, which should have been last year and our show should have been last year, but Mm -hmm. that was, we were thrilled to have Philip on board. Um, I can't believe he squeezed it into his schedule or anyone else, but yeah. So we work with Strider, um, the tech platform to set up the clinics. And people submitted applications. So they basically said, you know, here's my bio in my writing world. And we pass those over to the clinicians and then they select the people and they then come to the horse park with their horses. And there's a number of clinics. So depending on their level of riding or their horse's issue or the needs that they had, that that was a clinic they signed up for. So I'm pumped to watch these riders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And so you've got every kind of discipline too with the lessons you've got jumpers you've got the dressage you've got even like jim masterson he's got the body work and yeah really fun you guys and and uh and how there's no problem bringing horses there you've got lots to choose from and lots to work with we do yeah um in regards to bringing horses so we have all the stalls at the horse park we have all the facilities um luckily being at the horse park everything's great and it's meant for horses so yeah, I mean, people can bring their horses, not if they're not signed on to ride in the clinic. <laughs> we right. had a couple of people reach out and say, can I just bring my horse to ride around the horse <laughs> park? Because who doesn't want to ride in the Rolex arena or in the trails around the horse park? But no, not at this point. Maybe in five years or so we can allow that. But <laughs> something, to, something to shoot for. Well, tell us, what are the innovations from Germany to this one? I don't know if anybody listening has ever been to the one in Germany, but it's Massive. Everybody knows that it's like, that's, I think, the biggest one in the world, isn't it? The Aquatana in Germany, Essen? It is. So, yeah, we have um, big shoes to fill, but the one in Essen, so it's run by the same company. I work for RX Global, formerly known as Reed Exhibitions, and I work in the Connecticut office. And our Germany and Austria office uh, produced the one in Essen. So, that began in 1972 by an individual who saw a hole in the market and because he was a passionate equestrian himself. And then Reed Exhibitions, now Arx Global, took it over. And next year, actually, it will be the 50th anniversary. So that yeah. show, um, it's been around for 50 years. It's about, I think, 13 days, if I remember correctly. It gets about 200,000 people. There's 800 exhibitors. It's insane. Um <laughs> I was lucky enough to go in 2019 as we were planning to bring the event here and thought, oh my gosh, how are we going <laughs> to pull this off? This is wild. Um, but yeah, so we're setting our, our uh, desires for this show that a little more realistic since we're a new event. Um, so 
so it will be just three days, but we are doing it every year. So the event in Germany is every other year. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a perk. But we hope in 50 years to have this massive, massive event. Yeah, and you'll um, but we you'll are be bringing, just yeah get, you'll just be turning senior citizen at that point, so you'll be good. <laughs> You're bringing exactly. what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're bringing a number of kind of their initiatives and the feel of the brand to the U.S. So it has that upper level feel, and it's it's you might not get deals at every booth, but you're going to see the best and the newest and the latest and the greatest. And ideally, in a normal year, um, we have a number of international exhibitors that are ready to come to the U S and really promote and show us what they have in Germany that we might be missing out on. Um, of course, with the pandemic, the travel restrictions are a little heavier than we had hoped for. So mm. there will be international representation because a number of these brands have U S reps, which is great. Um, but yeah, in the future, when all this opens up, we'll have a lot more international components. Wow, that's something to look forward to because Germany does innovate a lot and everything too. But you know what? What I've found is that this gives the USA products a chance to shine too. You know, everybody wants to see the innovations and we haven't been anywhere for a couple of years. So we probably don't know all the, the innovations that your booths are going to have too. I, I love um, the event in Aspen. Dad was in that, uh, let's see, the 2019, the one that you saw, and they had the big screens and the whole thing. But like you said, they've been doing that a really long time, and people's expectations are pretty high for all that technology and everything, too. So, you know, intimate-wise, though, I mean, the Kentucky Horse Bar couldn't be a better choice, I don't think, for you guys, because it is so horsey, but it's pretty innovative, too. It's right there in Kentucky, where so many of the the innovations do happen for horses, and and I'm happy that you're you're chose to pull your hair out and pull pull this off now in October. So we should tell everybody it's it, it's coming up in just a couple of weeks. So it's October 1, 2, 3. Am I getting this right? Yeah. You are. Yep. It's Friday the 1st through Sunday the 3rd. And yep, it's 9 to 6 on Friday and Saturday and 9 to 5 on Sunday. Um, and there's an evening show component. So tickets right. are on sale now. You yep. can get them at EquitanaUSA.com. And they're cheap. Okay. I mean, it's like 27 bucks for a day and $70, That's you know, yeah. for three days. Now, the the dinner, or no, it's not dinner, but the show in the evening is an extra ticket. You you buy a separate ticket for that, right? Correct. And there now, Equitana in Germany is known for the evening show. Like, it's mm-hmm. supposed to be one of the coolest shows ever. Uh, so it, I assume uh, you're shooting for the same thing? Uh, again, yes. At one point, we will have that massive, massive event in the evening that they have. But yeah, in the Alltech arena, it will be theatrical. There will be AV and lighting and performances. So it'll be very exciting. Cool. Fun. Yay. How fun. So, okay. So people should go to, for the tickets. W, yep. com. And Perfect. and there, uh, I mean, there are a ton of hotels in Lexington now, thanks to the World mm-hmm. Equestrian Games in 2010. Actually, um, mm-hmm. there are a ton of hotels there. Uh, it's, it's you know, the last couple times we've been there in the last year, it hasn't been any trouble getting hotels. And I, I'm sure you have them listed on the website as well. We do, yeah. On our website, there's a hotel and travel section, and we work with Connections Housing, and all the hotels are there. We have special rates for people coming into town for the event. 
Sounds okay. good. And, Sounds good. you know, we mm-hmm. will mention that at this point, Kentucky is open, you know, so uh, we were there at the horse park a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and it seemed like everything was just normal, you know, didn't, you know, people were wearing masks, those that wanted to, and it was, it was fine, you know, we didn't have, we had a meet up there and uh, had a good time, and it was good to be back at the horse park again, you know, we hadn't been there in two years, and normally we go several times a year, so that was, it yeah. was good to be yeah. back there. Yeah, and used to live there, too. Well, Megan, we hope everybody has a really great time, and we hope everybody takes advantage of having all these great uh, equestrians and competitors and vendors all in one spot. So good luck with everything. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, and I hope to see you there when you can get there in the future. But we will be excited this year. EquatomaUSA.com. That's where you find it. All the details. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be fun for all those that are going to. I'm a little jealous because we mm-hmm. can't go this year, but I'm excited for We were going to go last year and it got canceled. So uh, uh, we want to hear from you. If you go, we need a report. Somebody has to give us a report of what Equitana was yes, like. Please. Let Debbie or I know. We'll get you on the show. We need to talk to you about Equitana and your experience there. But, you know, you were talking about earlier for people who want to come to get certified and come to the classes there at Flag is Up Farm and, and eat that. That good food in that little town that's mm-hmm. near there. Um, oh, you know. yeah. But if people can't do that, like they have a job in life and they just can't get away for that period of time, <laughs> horse. they can do it at home. <laughs> Tell them about that. Oh, that's true. That's true. MontyRobertsUniversity.com. Thanks for asking. That's a great idea because uh, we actually, we use that for our students to go home and, and reiterate their, their studies with too. But it's certainly a great foundation before you get here and come as a student anyway. And so we have, oh my gosh, we have um, almost 700 now lessons up there, Glenn. And it's ones that dad just started with foundational join up, you know, and, you know, his nonviolent training he drew a line at the sand when he was about 14. He he didn't he said I'm putting down every form of violence on horses. Um even though he grew up in a family that said no I'm super traditional, he said I'm not. And by taking violence out of the training of horses, what it makes your brain free to do is think of all the ways that you can train a horse without force and violence. So that means that he started foundationally with join up, which is a communication system with the horse, like signing for the deaf, letting the horse know that he can trust you. And those lessons are in there. There's a whole plethora of join ups, as you can imagine, because every horse he works with in the university, then that's the basis for the trust in which he starts, whether it's a starter, never had a saddle, bridle and rider, or it's one that has had a lot of experiences and is ready for maybe a different experience, and which is to trust a human for the first time in his life, possibly. Um, so it's really fun. And we have, of course, we have all these other lesson givers too, clinicians, um, Stefan Peters, these greats, uh, Olympic champions like Will Simpson. We have Richard Winner. So we represent the dressage world, Charlotte Bredal, who's now teaching all the the, the um, up-and-comers coming in the dressage world. So we really do represent almost every discipline that there is out there. We even have polo in there. It actually is one of the the disciplines that's changing quicker to nonviolence than almost any other discipline on earth for dad's methods. And people are surprised by that. But I think that it made a lot of sense because they had never really considered how the horses were treated before. And now they've, they see that they can partner with a horse and become a lot better. So anybody who wants to know how that looks or, you know, and polo players are always good looking anyway, so you can go on there. And, and we also have, um, the, the basics of 
even our stabling and a lot of about knot tying and, you know, anything you ever wanted to know about uh, uh, Jamie has uh, being talked a hundred times about, and Jennifer did, did this for Nigel, mm-hmm. who was a tough loader, uh, you know, trailer Loading. loader. Uh, yep. she's t- I can't tell you how many times Jamie said, you got to watch the video on there because, and that's the yeah. way Jennifer taught Nigel to load was using Monty's Perfect. method and watching that video over and over and over again. So yeah, yeah check that yeah, out. It- yeah, MontyRobertsUniversity.com. It really is our um, reason for being. Part of Horsemanship Radio was started because we wanted to share. And it's very inexpensive, very accessible. And even us low-tech horse people can use it. That's even the best part. All right. Now, you this next interview you actually did in person, so it's going to sound a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yep, I did it with my phone. But she's a, she's a lovely woman. She is... Um, Part of a growing progressive horse boarding facility in uh, Nacasio Valley. It's Marin County, California. It's just a beautiful place. They have um, redwood trees that are as big around as your house. And it's just a beautiful place to ride and have horses. But the Blue Dot Barn is where we were visiting. And it's committed to creating healthy and happy horses and, um, you know, and creating a, a safe environment for everybody there. It's just, it's one of those barns. It's, it's so unusual. You walk in and everybody is pulling for each other and they're happy. And I just wanted to go see what they're up to. And I have a friend up in San Francisco that I stayed with and she took me out there and she said, this, this place is different. What do you think? And I thought it was lovely. And I thought, you know what, I've got to interview one of the trainers and everybody said, Shamrock is it. So I asked her and you'll hear in the interview what was different about them and what the, the equestrian center was dedicated to and what's with the name blue dot. So she answers all those questions for you too. Well, welcome, Shambrock Moon Gregory. I'm sure there's a story behind that, but let's get into it. I'm so excited to meet you. So good to meet you, too. What a pleasure. It's wonderful that I got to visit Blue Dot. And do you call it Blue Dot Farm, Blue Dot Ranch, Blue Dot? Yes, all of that? Uh, Blue Dot Farm is the entire property. It's 75 acres. Mm -hmm. And then Blue Dot Barn would just be the horse part of that. Um, we do ride horses all over the whole 75 acres, but from, um, like a business standpoint, there's also flower gardens and a veggie garden. And so like more of like a farm aspect. Yeah. So is that part of the philosophy of the property? Absolutely. So blue dot barn got its funny little name, um, from the Carl Sagan pale blue dot, like monologue, right? So basically just saying, if you haven't heard of that, it's how it's an astronaut that had gone up in space and had looked back and had seen Earth for the first time. And it's just this pale, little, fragile blue dot and how every person and every story has existed on this one fragile little dot. And so when Levy Patterson bought the property, she changed it from Meadowbrook to Blue Dot. <laughs> now, Shamrock, I'm looking at across from a, a desk here. Looks to be too young for these next statistics, but how long have you been here, Shamra? Um, I moved my business to what was at the time Meadowbrook in 2006. And um, Levy Patterson, who was a client of mine who had followed me from another barn when I moved my business here, um, are you know, had also had a dream that I had no idea about, but I wanted to own property in West Marin. And the Meadowbrook had sat on the market um, probably 2013 and 14, and then she bought it in 2015 and um, has owned it ever since. And um, so, yeah, so I've been here from since 2006, 
and I've been managing it since 2015. And that's a long time for your short life, which is wonderful. <laughs> but you, I bet you've been into horses most of your life. I can't remember a time that I wasn't into horses. I know we spoke a little bit earlier about that, how I think for some of us, it's just in the DNA. Mm-hmm. We don't know where it comes from, but it's got to be from lifetimes of loving horses. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I think it is. But you also have nurtured it. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you know when you were going to be um, involved with horses for the rest of your life? Was there was there a time when you said, horses are going to be me? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, my my mom had bought one of those wonder horses that were on springs. And there's... the a photo that I used for my 30th birthday invite that was me at like two years old, like in pigtails, like just right. And I just remember like riding the Wonder Horse and in the picture, like the metal piece that holds the spring is like stretched to it's like, <laughs> like I'm about to have my first rack probably or something. <laughs> but I remember like riding that horse forever. And then at some point the springs gave out and I rode it and and then all four legs broke off and then I was heartbroken and I glued them back on and I repainted. And at this point I was probably like seven. Mm. Um, and my mom had a friend that suggested that, well, why don't you just get her some riding lessons? And it was like, you know, so I started hunter jumper lessons when I was about somewhere between five and six. Mm. And, um, my parents bought me my first horse when I was 10. Mm. And at that point, my hunter jumper trainer had moved away when I was about nine and my parents, knowing nothing about horses, were now just sort of like looking around Marin County, like with this horse crazy daughter, like, well, maybe we buy her a horse, find another barn. And we ended up, um, they picked a barn across town that um, wasn't really a training barn. It was a big boarding facility, hundred and something plus horses, rental string, mm-hmm. summer day camps, all the stuff. And I was told that I was sponsoring a horse that was three and a half years old, had maybe 60 days of riding, 90 days of riding. I was way over horse. My parents yeah. had no idea. Um, my dad liked how she looked and he picked really well. She was a Poco Bueno bred, like beautiful confirmation, but like 60 to 90 days, three and a half year old chestnut filly. <laughs> so <laughs> they're like, you know, at 10 years old and I was I'm like a very petite person anyways, but I was yeah. so tiny. And, um, so I was like sponsoring her, and then they ended up giving her to me for my birthday. And oh. and I wish I was more excited in that moment. I was actually a little um, and like pretty in- intimidated by her for sure. And so I would work at the rent barn during the day so that I could ride the rent barn ponies. And I had this whole plan, like my first year of like trying to trade her back for this one rent barn pony named Mary Langs that I just loved. Like, we don't even have to tell my parents. <laughs> we'll just, you can take this one back and I'll have the pony. And luckily they never took up my offer. Yeah. Even at that age, you knew better maybe that, what is it? Green on green equals black and blue. Yeah. It was a lot of black and blue for sure. Um, but you know, ultimately they, they, it, it turned out, it turned out really well. I, um, she was incredibly athletic and, um, and very smart. And in hindsight, like actually very, you know, kind. I, I would credit her to raising me, mm. like in as, as a horsewoman for sure. And so I had her until she was almost. 30 wow. and she passed away. Yeah. This is Starfire. It was Starfire. Uh, your friend Mel told me oh. to ask you about the green chestnut mare quarter yeah. horse that you kept for life. 
Oh, so you already have heard about her. That's all I've heard. Yeah. So I did. I had her absolutely for life. I would say the first year she intimidated me and probably pushed me around and all the things. And then the second year I probably pushed her around way mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also being t- kind of told to, to do that, like show mm-hmm. him his boss and like get in there and, there you go. and fear can channel into anger pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just trying to, you know, if you're just going to show him who's boss or whatever, like yeah. I, it never really succeeded with her. Like, you know, yeah, it never, it, that never worked. So I was always encouraged to try to work with her. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that didn't work for her? I mean, it does work for some horses, right? Unfortunately. Yeah, it does work for some horses. And I, I mean, obviously that's why people, mm-hmm. we do it and, um, or why, why people do it. I would say for her, she like, through a lens that I have now, she had very high self-preservation mm-hmm. um, and, a, you know, had a lot of fight. If you're going to fight with her, she was going to fight back. And I, I'm not naturally a fighter. I don't have a lot of fight in me, but there were, um, you know, like situations of trying to like put shoes on her, mm-hmm. but she was green and had never been shod and nobody was going to teach her how to have her feet handled or any of the mm-hmm. things that we would know to, you know, to do now. Um, so it was just farriers that were getting under there and trying to get a job done. And so there was stud chains and all kinds of things involved. And, um, and they never could get the job done even with all the things that they had. And so, and it never felt good to me. And, um, and I certainly never won any fight that I got into. And I would say, I think I was a teenager and I was at Nevada horseman's and I was, uh, it was during a horse show and I had gone to the snack shack and gotten something to eat. And I was sitting kind of up on these bleachers. And there was a couple of kind of old time cowboys that were sitting on the bleachers, just happened to be sitting in front of me. And during the lunch break out in the arena, somebody, some guy was riding a horse and totally lost his temper. And it was a pretty ugly display. Um, and I'll never forget because it stayed with me. The guy and two cowboys in front of me, one of them nudges the other one and it's like, well, that feller there just plum run out of knowledge. <laughs> and that's I it. Love that. Don't you love that? Mm-hmm. And that's always stayed. So like, yes, you can push some horses around and then there's the ones that are deemed crazy or mm-hmm. cause people to become better horsemen or, or whatever it is. But truly we get into that situation because we're somebody doesn't, they don't know what else to do exactly. and they're just mad at themselves that they don't know what to do and it's not working. And mm-hmm. Hey, plum run out of knowledge. <laughs> I love that. Plum run out of knowledge. Dad says, look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I had a, a really cool horse that, um, yeah, it was more a lot of having discussions. And, she, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure she had a big job trying to raise me into a mm-hmm. horse woman. <laughs> Aren't they great teachers? Yeah. So um, I also heard a story about Red Rover. Tell me about Red Rover. <laughs> Okay, so Red Rover was a game that we would play as kids um, that I'm sure insurance would not cover now. Uh, <laughs> so get as many kids as we could together on horseback, usually bareback, and we'd all pile into one arena, and you'd pick one person that was like it, basically, and they would stand in the middle of the arena. Everyone else lines up at one end. And then whoever's in the middle would say Red Rover, Red Rover, and you'd call, you know, somebody, okay, send Linda on over. And then you had to try to 
get from one side of the arena to the other. But if I tagged you, now mm. we were both in the middle. And so it would basically just be kids careening back and forth at high speeds. trying On horseback. On horseback, yeah. trying to tag each other. And it would end with all the kids lined up in the middle and like won the last holdout, whoever had like the fastest horse and the most crazy, you know, like competitive mm-hmm. edge. Um, and so if you were the last person and you could make it across all 20 other kids on horseback and not get tagged when you were the winner. Did you win a lot? Often, yes. <laughs> we also, it's so crazy looking back, there was this other game that we would play, the same thing, we'd get a big group of kids and we would head up onto this trail. We had this big kind of fire road that would like weave through the redwoods and up and down. It was kind of just a straight line going, we called it deer camp. I mean, it's right to the very top of deer camp, there was a hitching rail and there was this little creek that you had to cross just before you got to the hitching rail that pretty much always had water in it. And at the top, we would divide into two teams. It was called Posse. <laughs> oh, how fun. And then the one half, one team would go down and hide all over out in the trees and down in the creek and wherever. And then the Posse would ride down. And if you were the bad guys hiding in the trees, mm-hmm. your goal was to get back to the top without getting tagged. So just imagine taking all of a big group of you and you're all going to take your horses and go riding. And then you're going to separate the two groups that in and of itself can already be challenging for some riders. Then you're going to separate from those people and you're going to hide on your horse down in the Creek. And then every once in a while, you're going to hear somebody screaming and yelling and galloping high speeds past you, but you're going to try not to let your horse move and you're going to wait and you're going to stay quiet and you're going to stay quiet until you think you have a chance. And then someone's going to chase you and you're going to gallop here and you're going to, I mean, the horses got so broke and looking, I mean, it was the most fun thing ever. We have enough people for posse, everybody up the hill, but like, in like, yeah. In hindsight, like. What a great time. Yeah, what a great time. And like kudos to our horses. <laughs> and kudos to those horses. I give them. I give them kudos. So do we still have that for kids these days or should we? Oh, yeah. The amount of freedom. The amount of freedom. I think as a society, we really don't have that much freedom. I mean, we were just dropped off at, the, at the barn. Yeah. And I could just, we were just there all day and would ride into town if we needed food. And, um, yeah, you know, the kids that ride with me now, I mean, I'd love to give them that, that freedom, but, you know, there's insurance and mm-hmm. their parents. And honestly, like the schedules for mm-hmm. kids' schools are so intense. Mm-hmm. And I have like the most wonderful girls that have ridden with me over the years. And, you know, I feel like they go through like, oh, this like wonderful, fun childhood, but then it's also scheduled and they have softball and they have tutoring and they have this and they have that. And then they hit high school and I've had them with color coded schedules on like what classes and what things. And, mm-hmm. and then you throw COVID into the mix. And right. I often feel like the barn now is like just a safe place for them to land. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I do try to play games and I try to keep it light, but I also, you know, listen to them mm-hmm. when they're frustrated and Sometimes they just mm-hmm. cry and we trail ride and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, I, you know, yeah, if, it, if they had the same freedom, I just, I don't know if the parents are giving them that freedom. Mm-hmm. I don't think schools are giving them that freedom. Mm-hmm. I don't think insurance allows barns to give them Maybe not. that freedom. Yeah, maybe not. I guess we all have to move to Nevada or someplace where it's <laughs> a little crazier. But Get the posse for it to go to Nevada. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to play posse now. I do. I, I would love to talk to you. I mean, you're already hinting at your mentoring of these mm. 
kids and adults. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're your friends. I see you walking around the barns and you know everybody and everybody loves you and the horses love you. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about Sammy and tell me about mentorship. Oh, I love that you already know about sweet Sammy. Um, I mean, I, I've just always had girls um, and students that have ridden with me over the years and um, that I just love like my own kids and some of them now have kids of their own and Mm -hmm. some of them have turned into my dearest friends. And, um, so Sammy came into my life, I think it was in 2019. Um, she, one of a girl that knew her at school was mom. So one of the ladies that boards at our barn, Mm -hmm. her daughter knew Sammy from school and had, reached out to me one day. Sammy was not doing well, really had had a falling out with some other kids at the school. And, um, I think if I remember it correctly, was like not going to school was, um, really struggling. And so Mary Lou, who's the boarder out here was like, Oh, my daughter knows this kid and she's just great. And she's really having this hard time. And she would just be like, really, I think could use you if you're taking more clients. And at this point I'm full-time managing the property. I have training accounts I have. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to like cut back. Mm -hmm. And, but then I don't know. It's like, I'm cutting back, but then it's like, you meet somebody that you're like, well, okay. You met Sammy. Yeah. Yeah, I met Sammy. So Sammy came out, started taking lessons. She'd ridden a little bit, had some exposure to horses before. Um, and so like our first couple lessons, I have a, I had a few geldings that would do like Liberty together. And so I just have her in the round pen at Liberty with two and three horses and kind of just talking her, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. changes everything, right? When horses start following you around and all of that. And so she rode with me, um, through 2019 sponsored one of my horses, um, 2020 started and the horse she was sponsoring passed away. Super mm-hmm. tragic. Then COVID hits. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so we closed down as a barn for a month, um, we didn't mean to close down that long, but that's sort of what ended up happening. And so even boarders, um, at that time weren't coming out. So we just like just trainers. I had all my trainers were at different parts of the world and we all needed to like quarantine and anyways, kind of yeah. get back on things. And so I let go of all of my like outside clients that didn't own horses. When we started to come back, it was like just people that owned horses and were scheduling things. And, um, and Sammy, I had, talked with her mom, um, kind of just keeping her going on like what was happening out here. And her mom's like, she is just having a really hard time. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, all right, let's see. How can we get this kid back out here? And then her mom reaches out to me, like, we want to buy her a horse, but don't tell her. And I, this is actually the first time I'd ever had that happen. I've always had kids campaigning to their parents right. the other way, the other around, way around, right? around with like yeah. graphs and charts and I'll do all my homework and be yeah. the best kid ever and <laughs> do all the dishes. And like, this was like the opposite. Like she just has the wonderful family and they're so supportive and she's totally worthy of all the support. And so the, I started horse shopping but without her and yes. without them and then COVID and like, and COVID. so weird. I'm like, normally I like try not to tell people what horse to buy, but here it's like, yeah. So anyways, I was trying out horses and, um, did bring her back, um, eventually. And they, we did finally tell her and she picked out a really, really neat five-year-old gelding. She bought a horse. Mm-hmm. Was involved though. Was involved. Yeah. yeah. Finally there at the end, but she is like, she would be out here on like her evenings 
like organizing my tack room and cleaning my tack because it's soothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I was like, mm-hmm. okay, how do I have you in my life all the time? <laughs> so she um, started working for me as an assistant and you know, like the people that I brought back, there was like three kids I brought back after closing for COVID. And it was the ones that are like wanting to do this for a living, like really, really horse in the DNA kind of kids. And that's Sammy. And that is Sammy. That's absolutely. And so she wants to, she ended up going back to school. She did graduate, um, decided not to go to college. I think at this moment, but is like fully invested and, a career with horses and it just makes me want to give everything that I have. Like I'm going to invest in her so fully and invest in like the people worthy of investment, right? Like we only have a, a, the time that we have here. Mm. And so instead of doing like once a week lessons with 15 right. people, let's do three or four times a week and haul those kids to the, all the places. Yeah. Pick and choose and really mentor. Really mentor. So what would you, what do you advise Sammy or others that you mentor or maybe a trainer listening to this who says, man, I wish I could do that. What would you advise them to advise the kid to do? That they wish they could do that, that they wish they could mentor mm-hmm. someone. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, just listen to what the, what they're saying. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've listened to all of Sammy's struggles and try to guide and give input when asked and as I, as I can. Um, keep them working. Keep them working, giving keep things to do. Yeah, keep them inspired. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many fun, cool things to learn about horses. So many different directions you can go, whether you're wanting to be competitive or not. Right. Or... Um, I mean, even learning how to tie rope halters and do body clipping and like, how can you make some income now and just get your foot in the door and yeah, show them all the different, go, let's go watch cowboy dressage and let's go to a barrel race and let's go play with Liberty and like, see what grabs them and then support that. And it really helps when they have supportive parents, like, you know. I love that that opened on Sammy and closed on, on her parents. So like, <laughs> the timing of the perfect you know, was like pretty good. Yeah, and you didn't have to go out and get it either. <laughs> it just came back. <laughs> All right, just a couple more minutes here. So, um, yeah, who do you think helped shape your methodology to date? I know you have a lot of clinics here mm-hmm. and you, you're a good student mm-hmm. and you're a, a continual student, mm-hmm. which is a great way to live life. I love that about you too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I love, um, I think there's really as an art to being a student. Um, so I think it's important for clients to see me ride in clinics and ride. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I say it like there's an art to being a student because we, you're already, you have to be humble when you walk in and so open your, we're literally trusting whoever we put ourselves in the arena with. I'm trusting my horse with that person. I'm trusting mm-hmm. myself with that person. And I'm saying I have more to learn. Um, so there, there is an art to it, um, with being vulnerable and being open and being excited and asking good questions and also knowing that something doesn't work for you and taking yourself out of a situation. Mm-hmm. So if, you're in a clinic and it's kind of not going that right that well, or you know that whatever they're working on doesn't fit you and your horse. Um, 
I think it's really important for people to see that, you know what, this isn't working and that's okay. And thank you for your time. And I'm going to sit this one out and, and that it doesn't have to be like a personal attack on the clinician, or it doesn't have to be that you don't have a voice and you can't speak up and say that something, you know, just, it, it's so easy to be trusting of like a doctor, or, mm-hmm. you know, whoever it is that's in a power position. And so when you come in being vulnerable, also know that you're the voice for your horse mm-hmm. and you know, when something doesn't feel right mm-hmm. to you. And so okay. if you're being demeaned and that's not working for you, or you're, you need something explained better, or your horse isn't ready, Very good. you can just step out of it. And, um, let's see more to your question. Who has inspired me? Uh, it's a continuous list. Um, yeah, continuous list. My goodness. That's awesome. Uh, I would say most recently Lester Buckley, mm-hmm. um, Bettina Drummond, mm-hmm. um, Cristobal Scarpati, mm-hmm. Mark Rashid mm-hmm. and Chrissy McDonald, um, Brian Newbert. Yes. Oh, love Brian Newbert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are great. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> list. And, and there's a and theme there, there too. Is, yeah. yeah. I hear you. They're fairer to the horse which is a great way to be. I think that's the way we're headed anyway. Um, I've seen over the last 20, 30 years now, people going from, he's the professional, you're supposed to trust them, you're paying for them. So, you know, why would you go up against two? The next thing would be like, I'm not really that comfortable with that to all the way to I'm picking who I'm comfortable with because I think it's only fair to my horse. And I think people are feeling more empowered to make those choices. Don't you? I would totally agree. I would totally agree. I love that it's going in that direction. I I think it can't go any other way, mostly because I heard statements a long time ago, like, well, you know, I suppose he was a little rough on that horse. He should have done that behind the barn. Ugh, behind the barn. <laughs> that feller there just plumb run out of knowledge. <laughs> I love you, Shamrock. Thank you so much for Thank agreeing you. to do this interview. You have a lovely place here. I hope people will come check it out. Where should they find you? Oh, Blue Dot Barn. Um, I think it's just bluedotbarn.com. <laughs> Thank you. Leave this world a better place than mine. The magic in the language of Alicia Kershaw and Sarah Jane Casey of Gallup NYC wanted to leave their trainer's tip this week on breathing. Listen in. Welcome back, Sarah Jane Casey from Gallup NYC in downtown New York City. How are you, Sarah Jane? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Good. I'm so glad you agreed. We talked about in an earlier episode that you came all the way from Auckland, New Zealand. If somebody goes, I didn't know that was a New York accent. (laughs) but It's not. It's It's, New Zealand. It's definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) But you're so cute. You work work at Gallup NYC as a uh, advanced path certified therapist and working with the horses. And we wanted to have you back because we know that uh, if you work with horses long enough and you've been working with them since you were just a wee one, that you come up with tips that you'd like to share with people and you're probably pretty darn good at it. So we would love to hear what your horsemanship would teach us today. Uh, well, I'd be I'd be happy to share that with you. I think one of my favorite um, training methods, and I use this for both 
courses and for my students um, and actually for the volunteers, ultimately, it all keeps everybody in rhythm, but is to use um, arithmetic counting when I'm particularly at the trot. So when you're teaching the trot um, for, a, for a green horse who is not um, keeping a consistent rhythm, um, and if I want them to stay calm and collected and consistent, um, I will use the one-two counting. But I'll use it every other stride, for instance, one, two, one, two. And that helps me ultimately breathe and, of course, connect to the horse a little bit more and keep everything a little bit more on track and contained and, and um, not focusing so much on, okay, we've got to get this rhythm, but here it is, here's the rhythm. And the body, um, the rider's body naturally follows that. And I find that happens with my students as well, whether they be verbal or nonverbal, um, it helps them can't if they can ideally of course if they're verbal they can also speak it but if they're non they're listening to they're counting but it gets everybody on the same page as well so perhaps if we're posting to try to be one two one two one two and you'll find everyone falls into that rhythm the sidewalkers will be trotting with the horse <laughs> and the horse will be listening to the rider or to me in the middle and the rider then becomes relaxed because they're breathing and they're thinking mm-hmm. about one two as opposed to oh I've got to get up I've got to get down I've got to get up Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I've found that over the years great, especially with my training with horses and, and with my students as well. So important. And horses are, are animals of synchronicity, too. They do synchronize with us. So I imagine that helps your horse. If you're breathing in a rhythmic way, whether you're verbalizing that count or not, the horse is probably picking up on that. Do you agree? Absolutely. And ultimately, that's where you want to end up. You're not, of course, speaking out loud. You can't be in dressage arena saying one, two, one, two. But be quietly. <laughs> yeah, you're breathing. It, it gets you to the place where if you do get stuck, if things get tense, you can just go back to that rhythmic count counting in your head and get back to that place where you're breathing because ultimately getting anyone to breathe on a horse is a challenge (laughs) and it helps immensely I think. Very good tip. We do have a videographer who does a lot of our um, recording around when we're giving classes and everything and she'll wire somebody up if we're shooting a lesson uh, for sound and she'll whisper over to us, they're not breathing because the mic is right by, you know. And so then somebody can yell out, breathe, and then they're all good again. So, yeah. And everyone's fine. Exactly. Yeah. And I find when I'm teaching, the same thing happens to me. If I if I start getting tense, I'm focusing on the rider, and I start getting tense, I realize that no one's breathing. And I'm like, oh, you're not breathing because I'm not breathing. That means you're not breathing. You sort of, it's, it really is a domino effect, that not breathing. Okay. We will be sharing that one. That's a great tip. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. And that's at Flag is Up Farms in October, since we're right here on the cusp of it. Uh, October 4 through 21 is the advanced course. We have three weeks in the, of the advanced course, and we have students coming from all over, as we talked about on that one. And then October 22 through 24, we've got a horse sense and healing. That's for our veterans and first responders. And then November 8 through 19, we've got an introductory course of horsemanship. That is your first step to certification or just being a really good horseman. And then in December, we've got 10 through 12, the horse sense and healing for the end of the year. But check out MontyRoberts.com for the new dates that we've added for all the courses in 2022. 
So as you know, we just finished our listener road show, and if I can convince Jennifer, the idea was to go next year uh, to the west of the Mississippi. So I don't know if we're going to get as far as Flag is Up Farm, because there's a a lot of territory west of the Mississippi. (laughs) That's true. It's a big area. Uh, You don't have to go to Hawaii, though, so you know, you can stop here. It's short. (laughs) We went 3,800 miles this year. Wow. Uh, That's how long it was, and to do next year, plus I think what we we learned this year is we didn't have any time for sightseeing this year because we were just so busy. Uh, But next year, if we do hit the West Coast, there's national parks we haven't seen yet. We want to do more sightseeing, you know. Oh, good. You should. It's beautiful. We're wondering, you know, we might make some of those meetups. So if you want to come hike with us at, you know, one of the national parks, you can come out and we'll get together that way instead of just at farms. So make it just a little bit different. Um, And, you know, of course, you know, if we if we can get all the way to California, we will. uh, But uh, who knows? I think it would take us two months to do this West Coast thing because five weeks just it would just be too much driving. It's just <laughs> probably you probably have to fly at some point, which you can't do. If you can't do very well around. with the RV, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, it it was it was so much nicer here because even when we on travel days, we were going two three hours. Where mm-hmm. on travel days out there would be you know twelve mm, two days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we have to look at that and see how we can do all that. But it's definitely something, you know, we got used to being in the RV, that small space together. It was fine. You know, after a couple of weeks, it just is what you do. You get up in the morning and, you know, your routine just changes and you begin to not even think about it. Thank gosh, you're going to be in an Airstream before long. I could see it. You know, if we could afford one, we would. We actually just watched (laughs) a video on that last night. But uh, yeah, actually a small drivable would be nice too. Um, Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of different options, but this one worked out perfectly. It was just... We want to see you. Maybe we have to give you an airplane ticket just from, I don't know, as far west as you make it and then drive you out, I mean, fly you out here and then have a little quick get together. Only if I can have some of those donut things in that town. What's the name of the town again? Able Stevers, Solvang, California. California. And you have Able Stevers. Aren't those so good? Able Stevers, which are kind of like your version of what they have in New Orleans. Um, Oh, yes. Um, yes, you're right. But these are like round pancakes. These are like Yeah, round they're pancakes. so good. Oh, it's oh, just so good. Powdered sugar. Covered with sugar, and they're so good. Uh, raspberry inside. Yum, yum, yum. Yes. Yeah, okay. Don't make me hungry. <laughs> well, if you want to find out more about today's show and everything else related to Monty Roberts and Debbie and the whole gang over there, go to MontyRoberts.com. And uh, Monty's calendar is up there as well, which he hasn't been traveling as much, but he's doing all this stuff at home now. So That's right. You're going to want to... You know, they're, they're, they're not letting him take any time off. He's only 90 or something. So, you know. Oh, he's 86. Don't push it. Okay. He can't have a break yet. He's only 86. They might give him a break at 90. He does not act his age. No. I can't keep <laughs> No, we all him. wish we were that when we were 86. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you can find all the details there on the website. And also, uh, you can find show notes at horsemanshipradio.com. We can find all the photos and past episodes. Every past episode, which is a lot of years now. So, yeah. uh Six, seven, eight, ten years? It's been a long time. 2013. 2013. It's going on ten years. Look at that. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, when Debbie and I talked about this, I remember these conversations. When we talked about this, I said, ah, you'll do it a year. Let's just do it a year and see what happens. <laughs> she just forgot to quit. So we're here. Uh, I forgot yeah. to quit. Yeah. <laughs> you said do it a month. And then what happened? So, what? <laughs> Coffler Stanfield over in Dressage. I did tell her three months. I needed to fill in for three months. And she's oh. eight years. So, 
She also forgot. I'm glad you guys all have short memories. And, we do. Yeah. We do. We just get up, <laughs> rinse, repeat. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> also, you can find him on Facebook, facebook.com slash Monty Roberts. And on Twitter, it's Monty underscore Roberts. And also on Instagram, you know? The best. It's over there, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, and and you, many thanks to our sponsors. Yeah. You love them just like I do. Yeah. Hands on gloves and Monty Roberts University. We're changing the world. And be sure to visit the other great shows too on the horse. Including Radio mine. Network. And that's especially Glenn on yeah. Horses in the Morning and all the others that you're on are part of. Um, you, I know you've got your fingers in all of them. So Horse Radio Network is at horseradionetwork.com. And until next time, have many happy horse hours. Mm-hmm.